welcome to the Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and I am delighted today to have David Lyon joining. David is a mystic, seer, channeler, hypnotist, magician, mentalist, and speaker. And it goes on. I left some things out there, but he can fill in the blanks if he wants to. And his aim is to assist with uh, to to assist others in awakening their spiritual gifts and their intuition using practical means. So, welcome, David. What a joy to have you here. Ah, uh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks. So, let's just start by talking about your journey. Um, I understand that your gifts manifested as a child. And that it was through your mentor, Alex, that you really flourished and you were able to kind of awaken your abilities. So yeah, I'd love to That's, hear yeah. about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, so, you know, like you said, like I, I, I came into this incarnation, if you will, very awake with certain gifts very already developed. My third eye was already open and awake, but I didn't know. I didn't know that that was a thing. You know, I figured <laughs> this is the way we, we all are. You know, it's not right. something that was talked about. Yeah. And so from a very young age, I was just very clear and very tuned in to just wisdom and perspective and to just seeing things that other people weren't seeing, hearing things that they weren't hearing and feeling things that they weren't feeling. And at the same time, you know, I was also very young in my consciousness as being as a human, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so because I didn't know that these were gifts per se, I didn't, not only did I not really know how to properly cultivate it and use it, but sometimes they caused me challenges as a kid, you know? So I've always been extremely clairvoyant. I could, I could read people's minds very easily and I could hear the subconscious emanations and thoughts and unconscious emanations and thoughts very clearly. Hmm. So where this caused me challenges as a kid is you know, for instance, I have memories of just, you know, being, being a kid doing some cartooning, I was a bit of a weird kid, you know, I, I wasn't into like, playing sports and doing all the things that most people did, I like to be to myself. But I have memories of like, you know, I'd be there drawing and let's say, a family member would come up to me and be like, Oh, what are you doing there, David, but I would hear their mind say, What's wrong with you? Like, why are you always doing this? Huh. Right? And so I would constantly experience this double talk from people where where they're seemingly approaching with curiosity like oh what are you doing but i could feel and hear their agenda and their and their judgment of me mm. and so when you start to experience that so much as a kid and all these people are seeing a problem with you it started to make me look for a problem that never existed inside of me which kind of begins this cycle of suffering right mm. And so that was kind of how things got started for me, you know, and also my own journey of accepting and loving myself in certain ways. And as I grew up, you know, I went through pretty much the regular human existence and I, I started to lose touch with myself in certain ways, you know, as many of us go through our ego phase, yeah. you know, because I was very, in high school, I was very heavily um, bullied, but like psychologically bullied, mm. you know, made, made fun of for not being like the other black kids, because I was in a predominantly black high school, but I wasn't like the other black kids. You know, I was more sweet and sensitive and I wasn't very macho, you know, so, so I had lots of bullying that happened. And so I started to feel not good enough. So I literally started to reject my authentic self 
and put myself to sleep in certain ways. And that's where, that's where I started to dampen my gifts. And while certain things remained, certain things were not attuned correctly. And so I went through life and, you know, like you said, by the time I was 20, 25, I had met a mentor who had taken me under his wing and had pointed out that had pointed out that I had certain gifts inside of me and that I had neglected parts of myself. And he'd given me um, a very powerful reading. He was my first experience of a psychic and a channeler. And at the time, I didn't even know if I believed in those things, let alone realizing that I was one. Yeah, that's so interesting because you had the experience from a young age and then you're like, I'm not sure if this is real. <laughs> you really had turned it off. Yeah, well, yeah. it was also because like, I, I guess I had an imagination of what psychic ability must look like, okay. not realizing it was the thing that I so naturally do and the way that I perceive. Ah, I see. Right? You know, for me, psychics were these people who lived in caves far, far away. That was my thought of a psychic at the time. Okay. And so, you know, I had this experience on, this was on 1-11, 2012, January 11, 2012, where um, I had met this dude, Alex, and he was my catalyst. You know, he had pointed out to me, he did this whole channeling thing for me where he's like, you think you're this macho, impressive magician who's a celebrity who gets girls and da 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 But really, the real you is soft and sensitive and is designed to help people. And you have these gifts and abilities inside like myself. And when he said that to me, I had no idea what he was talking about as far as gifts and abilities. I thought he was a little crazy, to be honest. <laughs> But what he most gave me in that moment was this feeling of resonance that I hadn't felt in a long time because I felt seen. You know, I forgot about the sensitive me and the one me that wants to help people. By this point, I was strong in my ego. You know, I was this character, this identity. And so being seen in that way, he left me with this idea that the sooner I let go of who I think I need to be, the sooner I become more of who I truly am again. And that put me on the path to fulfillment. That put me on the path of being me and of purpose. And the way things kind of unfolded from there, you know, is I, I, I learned so much from him. I learned, um, you know, there was good times and hard times, you know, but I, I learned so much about healing myself and the energy mechanics and my gifts and all that kind of stuff as it all came back online. But what ended up happening is at some point after about three years of working with him. At this point in my life, I was running a business called the Life Center, where life stood for lessons in finding enlightenment. Mm. And my role in the business, since by this point I was very developed in my gifts, was to teach other um, psychologists and coaches and therapists how to use their gifts, how to access and use their gifts in very practical ways. And I learned very quickly through that experience while I was very good at it, that I was only able to teach people what I was taught, you know? So whatever Alex had taught me, like whatever tricks, that's all I had to, had to offer. So that made me feel very limited. And so that's when I asked myself a very important question that changed everything for me, where I was like, okay, now that I know that these things are real, these psychic gifts, these spiritual gifts, how would I have discovered this on my own if I didn't have someone come into my life like that? And that question opened up the, these just doors of synchronicity that led me to having this experience 
where about a week later, I was at my country house with my girlfriend at the time. And to just to kind of summarize the story, I was basically in this deep meditation experience, not for any particular I just happened to be meditating. And I dropped into this very vivid experience, you know, where for me, at least me personally, normally when I meditate, it's not super visual. It's not mm -hmm. colorful. I'm one of those, it's like, it's, it's pretty dark. I see through feeling, like I could sense things. Okay. But for whatever reason, this became crystal clear, where I can see as clearly as I would with eyes open. Oh, really? So it was vivid, HD. Mm -hmm. And it was this scene. It looked like the scene from the Disney movie Aladdin, where Jasmine is on the balcony. And instead of seeing Jasmine there, I just saw an aspect of myself. There was a version of me. And he looked kind of down and out, but at the same time, he was doing like these magical things in the sky. And so as I looked at him, I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'm like, I wonder what aspect of me this is. And did and it look like you, David? Or what do you mean like another aspect of your soul? Like a it, looked, it looked like me, David. Okay. Yeah, it looked like a twin <sighs> reflection of me. Oh, you know, that's, that's how it was being symbolized in my consciousness. Uh -huh. And so I approached him in this experience and I was just like, I'm like, hey, I'm like, who are you? You know, like you're an aspect of me. Who are you? And to my surprise, he rejected me. He was like, he's like, oh, he's like, it's cool, man. You already made your choice. He's like, you could go on, just live your life. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm like, you're a part of me. Of course I want to know who you are. Like, who are you? And he was like, it's cool, man. He's like, you made your choice. It's good. Just, just live your life. And then so I, I stopped and I, I just looked a little deeper at him and I was paying attention to the energy of him. And I was like, wait a second, because these memories started to come back. And I was like, wait a second. I'm like, aren't you that part of myself that I used to play with as a kid where we used to play like the floor is lava or we used to play monsters and all these games in the world of imagination and like make, uh, make up our dreams and all kinds of things. And he was just like, you do remember me. And he, and he, and he lit up. I'm like, bro, I'm like, I've literally been looking for you all my life. In fact, the reason why I got into spirituality was because I was looking for you. I was looking for where that connection went. And, and he was just like, well, you abandoned me for your best friend, Danny, when you were six years old because Danny thought you were weird for the way you played in your world and you wanted to fit in with him. So you let go of me and you stopped being that weird self, so to speak, so that you could fit in with him. And that's when I had abandoned him, so to speak. And I was just like, holy cow. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I had no idea. I was a kid. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Like I've been looking for you. I'm like, what's your name? And then all of a sudden he turned into this golden ball of light and then just said, magic. And I was just like, oh my God. And then he was like, open your eyes. And I opened my eyes. And then sure enough, even with my eyes open, I still saw this golden ball of magic floating in front of me. No. As if it was like a full-on hallucination. What? But without, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's amazing. It was the most beautiful thing ever. And Unlike a spirit guide, you know, because I, I see spirit guides and stuff all the time. It's usually like a very Q&A relationship with guides or, you know, you get the message and you go. This was like seeing a best friend you haven't seen in 20 years. So they have all kinds of stories to tell you. They're like, man, I've been doing this and this is what's been going on. Because this aspect of me had its own intelligence and own life in other dimensions. 
And so it is telling me all these stories. It's like, this is what's going on. No, 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 no. And as I was connecting more with it with eyes open and just hearing these stories, it was activating things inside of me. And instantly, all my gifts from all my lifetimes just turned on by themselves. And suddenly, I no longer needed a tool or a technique in order to do certain things. I could just will for it. I could just have the intention to be like, oh, I wonder what this person's past life is like. And it would fill into my consciousness or whatever else I might want to know. You know, tell me about this, this question I have. And everything was just coming in very effortlessly. And then I was like, this is what I've been looking for. Because this was the difference to me between being tuned into a modality and being tuned into your mastery. Oh, my gosh. Right? Because often we could feel limited by modality if we're not already attuned to our mastery. This is right. you know, people who go and learn, let's say, Reiki. Yes. You know, because they know they're designed mm -hmm. to be a healer. They take the Reiki modality, and it's great. And they can end up feeling limited because they're like, well, how do I go beyond this? This is what I was taught. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, it, so this was me tuning into my mastery. All these gifts came on. Which, which is the place where I create modalities from, I create tools and techniques from. And in that conversation, I was like, what's our purpose? And he was like, to make magic normal again. Mm. And it was just this very simple message. And he showed me how every single person on the planet has a magic that they forgot about, or maybe some people remember, but a lot of people have complete amnesia for it. And that part of our purpose was to stimulate it and wake it up in people so they could remember more of who they are and remember their magic and remember their mastery. Hence, the movement that I call living magic. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I have so many questions. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, one of the, the, one of the things, because I am not a channeler or, I, you know, and I'm not like a clairvoyant or anything, but I had a dream last night about these twin boys. And as soon as I saw you, I was like, I wonder if he's a twin. Because it came, like it, the, the uh, dream came to me and I just remembered about these twins. And, um, <laughs> and I thought that I wouldn't mention that to you and then here you go talking about twins and I'm like it was him <laughs> <laughs> or at least there is some link there um but also it resonates with with me when you're talking about that mastery because um I am a Reiki master but um when I do <laughs> healing sessions I will say you know if it's a new client I'm like I can do Reiki if you really want Reiki like if you came here because you're very curious about Reiki I can do that but that's not like my, you know, it's, it's morphed and evolved over time into yes. what just naturally flows through. And, and I invoke the symbols and I, you know, ask them to be part of it as well. But it's not like, you know, if you want tr tried and true Reiki, I'm like, I, I just want to know that in advance and then I'll, I'll honor that. Yeah. Um, so I love that, that it just, that, um, but I, I love the, the, precision with which it it unlocked within you that's just phenomenal I love it, was, it. yeah it was truly the the most one of the most magical experiences of my life literally and it was just it was so beautiful because you know in my younger years when I was 16 I had become a magician right mm. I'd become an illusionist an entertainer what I didn't realize at the time was 
that synchronicity or part of that synchronicity of me seeing David Blaine on TV and wanting to become a magician and pursuing that path, that was my inner magic trying to give me signs to be like, look for the magic within. Ah. But I saw David Blaine. I'm like, oh, become an illusionist. Yeah. Well, right? and I, yeah, I want to talk. And this is one of the, in fact, it's the next point in my notes. So this is beautiful because I wanted to talk about magic because when I think of a mat, when I think of magic, I think of illusion. It's like the participant is willingly engaging in, in trickery, you know? And so, but I know that you use magic, um, to connect with higher consciousness. And so I'm really curious about how that works because to me it's like magic and spirituality are, are separate things. And, mm. and I know that you are using magic as a pathway to engaging with spiritual life. So, so please tell me. Yeah, <laughs> so in essence, the way that I view it, and it can be tricky to, you know, to define magic because as soon as you define it, you kind of lose it a little bit. Yeah, right? yeah. on it. So I'm going to do my best here. But in essence, I view magic as the nature of existence. Mm. Right. Magic is the nature of existence. And all of us are magic expressing ourselves in human form. You know, the infinite cosmos, it's all magic. Spirit is magic. This is, this is how I view things. You know, and for me, the, um, even the simplest things, you know, inspiration is a form of magic. You know, where does these genius ideas come from that pulls you forth and that creates these synchronicities? It's a stream of magic. It's, it's that, um, I imagine like a, a painter who's receiving what colors to paint with and they get inspiration and they get intuition, you know, this, mm. it's the, it's the colors of magic, so to speak. Okay. And, and so when it comes to using actual magic, there is a, a principle. This is a base principle. And so I use the acronym I am where I am stands for intention plus action equals magic. Or another way it could be inspiration plus action or intuition plus action. All three of them apply. But when you act on an intuition or you act on an inspiration, magic occurs, right? There's this unfolding of synchronicity and of magic that occurs in the physical reality. And of course, you can, I use these also energetically. So for example, um, what's coming to mind now is, is I remember one time I was sitting with one of my friends and we had, we were just getting to know each other. And he mentioned that he had a stomach pain. He's like, oh, I got a weird pain in my stomach. And I was, I could feel it because I could, you know, I could feel things very clearly. And I was like, oh, I'm like, do you want me to remove it for you? And he was just like, he's like, what do you mean? He's like, how? I'm like, I'm like, I could do stuff. I'm like, do you want me to remove it for you? And he's like, sure. And then, so because I had the inspiration around it and I set forth my intention to remove it, now with my creativity and my energetic senses and imagination, I just went into his field and I removed it. And literally as I removed it, he was just like, he had this moment of like, like what just happened? Oh, that's like, awesome. Where'd it go? Right? And so, so I, I'm, I'm giving these examples to kind of point to the essence behind it all. Right. And so this, this for me is magic. It's infinite possibility. Mm. It's like wonder and mysticism and it's the mystery it's it's what's underneath all of it but it's it's yeah I mean it, it 
it's just funny again if it just pulls me back to I was leading a meditation this morning I mean just like four hours ago and uh telling directing you know people inside and it was like okay just if you could feel the electricity running through your body if you could feel the meridian system what would that feel like like we are magical you know it's just like there is yeah. electricity running in your body and you don't have to do anything to keep it going <laughs> you know but it it just again it's like echoing through based on on what you're talking about exactly you know like you know from my perspective the whole idea of like energy can't be created or destroyed that's magic what do you mean it can't be created or destroyed what is that yeah it's magic yeah you know it's that's what i mean it's the nature of existence and everything is is a finite expression from that right so when you are working with clients and I like I know you do retreats and you do one-on-one sessions and things like that. Are you are you infusing like magic the way that we culturally understand magic in that? No, not the okay. way that most people culturally understand magic. Okay. It it more feels how would I put it? It feels magical. The experience is magical because there's lots of like, how did you know that? I've told not, I, I've never mm-hmm. told anyone that, you know, because I when people are transparent to me. But when I'm sitting with someone in session, I just go into a very blank canvas state. I go into what I call the I don't know state, the mm-hmm. clueless child state. And everything becomes transparent to me, including all the levels of their consciousness. So when they're expressing something to me about a problem consciously, I see the mechanism subconsciously. I see what's going on in the unconscious. I see what's going on in the heart and the emotions. I see what's going on in the mind. So I see all of this. And there's a magic that leads me towards what to speak about next and and how to speak about it so that I'm vibrating it at the right way so they, they could resonate and that this unlocks and then this shifts. And then I might say something that no one knew about them and they never told anyone, but I needed to call it forth for them to remember themselves. Mm. So it's, it, it, it very much has the experience of magic and the wonder and awe of magic in its own kind of way. Yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's wonderful. Beautiful. So I think we'll come back again to this magic because it's fascinating. Um, but I wondered if you wanted to touch on, on um, thought. Yeah, sure. Because you, you are an extension of the energy of thought. And, um, and I'm really curious about this. Can you, can you talk about that? Sure. Um, hmm. So as you said, on one level, from one perspective, I am an extension or an emanation of the oversoul energy of thought, which is different than the individual, the being that most people know of as thought. You know, so most people know of thought with the head of the ibis. That is the individual. That is the being, the character, so to speak. However, that was not his real name. His real name was not thought. He called himself thought because he was awakened and he had embodied his ascended state, his oversoul energy. So imagine a sun named thought and each ray of the sun is a different incarnation of that thought energy. Okay. Where So the being that most people refer to as thought 
his real name was actually Vamale, right? So, oh, okay. So both he and I are extensions from the same oversoul of Thoth energy, uh, two apples from the same tree, if you will. Okay. And so in some respects, you can perceive that Thoth as my past life self or as I, as I perceive it as my parallel life self, since for me there's no past or future. Okay. Right? I, might, I might be on channel five of the TV and he's just on channel, channel two, okay. simultaneously existing. And so Thoth, the, the Ibis version of Thoth, uh, has very much been a mentor of mine. When my soul was created, and this has been shown to me um, through Isis and through Thoth, when my soul was created, the way that a soul is created, it's very fascinating. It's a composition of energies, kind of like cooking. So my soul in particular was created by three primary energies of Isis, of Ra, and of Thoth, where Isis gave me uh, her texture, her quality of softness, her, that kind of feminine softness. Ra gave me his rawness, that fire energy, and Thoth gave me his tactileness, his tactileness of, of thought and of mind. And so those were the primary creators of the energy. And then there's the, the outer circles, you know, that's where there's guides and angels and Arcturians and ETs and all kinds of other things. So there's different designs and blueprints. But what happens is when they each lend their energies, you get all of those energies inside of you but, the, but when your soul is born, there, there becomes a unique energy that only you have that none of them have. Just in, in this incarnation or your soul? like Your soul. Okay, so that, that goes with you through the different incarnations. Correct. Right. Yeah, this, okay. Your soul. And this is true for everybody. Right, so okay. When your soul is composed of whatever energies, not only are you getting those energies, but you also are left with a unique energy that none of them have, and that's your okay. uniqueness. Okay. And for me that uniqueness is my fun energy. Mm. This is the thing that, that all my guides, the ascended masters, Isis and all of them have been telling me that part of my purpose is to bring fun to spirituality because so many people at the time or, you know, and still these days bring a lot of seriousness and rigidity. Oh my but when you, when you bring fun to it, you actually create access to more potential because you're alleviating rigidity. So that this is how I've been serving and yeah. and doing things. So so this is how um, how my soul was created. And as I was created, Thoth took a very unique interest in me because he noticed Thoth is a seeker, right? He he loves truth, he loves wisdom, he loves knowledge. And when my soul was created, what he had told me was that there was a potential of magic that was even greater than his own, and that fascinated him. And while I wasn't as realized, since I was a newborn soul in my potential as he was, he became my mentor to mentor me to surpass him, essentially, to, to realize myself. Because, you know, I went through the stage of, like, looking up to Thoth and seeing Thoth as, like, dude, I can't touch you. Like, look, look at all the stuff you can do. So I had to go through this evolution of seeing the value and worth in my uniqueness as opposed to putting him on a pedestal so that I could start to tune into that potential that he's been calling forth in me all this time. So, so that's kind of the... Wow. 
the lay of the land. I don't think I've ever told that story in that way before. So oh. at least, so I'm happy oh, well, I got it out. <laughs> I'm honored. And listeners, I, I'm just cracking up because he cannot see my notes, but he's demolishing them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know that's my next question is about the fun. But um mm. but anyway, you keep doing this, which is which is so fun. You keep catching me on like you know what what we were going to talk about <laughs> next. It's the magic, right? I know it's beautiful. <laughs> so um so you acquired that information through just very like bits and pieces and it, it was part of what has been downloaded or through other people it, yes both oh, always from within mm. all of this has come from within um in bits and pieces mm. as i was ready for it um through channeling through meditation um not so much consciously in the dream state that i could remember it's it's generally just it i'll just get like streams through my third eye and i'll receive information Mm. Um, so, but it, it's been gradually over the years, right? Because, because again, like in my younger years, I wasn't an overtly spiritual person, mm. right? Into like chakras and all these things. I was naturally spiritual without having the, the popular the practice of it. Yeah. You know, I was very naturally in tune with my spirit, but I, it had to be leaked into my reality at a rate and speed that I could digest it. Yeah, of course. And so it, for me, it's, it started very slowly. Like first I received a synchronicity where I received the Book of Ra, the Law of One. And that was a major catalyst for me that, that awakened me and taught me a lot. And then from there, in 2012, I, I was a teacher at a high school. And one of my co-teachers randomly gave me these printouts of paper that on, the, on of it said, um, the title of it was The Emerald Tablets of Thoth. I thought it was pronounced Thoth at the time. I had no idea. Mm. And I was just like, who's a, what's a Thoth, right? Mm. And she's like, oh, well, that's the god of magic and wisdom. I'm like, ooh, well, I like both of those. <laughs> you know, so it, it, but little did I know, you know, I received the tablets. I loved it. I'm like, cool, thought nothing of it. And then a week later, when I was getting myself a cat for my birthday, my friend was like, oh, don't get a cat. My, my cat just had kittens. I'm like, cool, send me a picture. She sends me a picture of all these cats, and one cat stands out to me. I'm like, oh, I'm like, who's that cat? And she's like, oh, that's Thoth. What? One week after I get the tablets, and I'd never heard this name in my life. Now there's another, there's a cat named Thoth. Oh, my gosh. And I still have this cat. You do? I, I do. Oh. She's amazing. She's a healer. And little did I know this was thoughts way of leaving a breadcrumb trail for me in my life letting me know what was about to happen i get the tablets i get a cat my cat becomes my teacher in certain ways by helping me raise my vibration because i had to learn to loosen up and be more playful in order to harmonize with her mm -hmm. and as my vibration raised through that then on october 1st 2015 i had reached a vibrational peak enough where thought came down and came to physical reality and showed up for me and was like, we got work to do. No way. And so this is kind of, this is how it all started to an unravel. And then, and then slowly through time, as I was just embodying it and digesting it, more and more memories come back and, and just through synchronicity and through channeling and expansion. Oh, what a beautiful blessing. 
I mean, it's, and because you've been through it, maybe, you know, it's so, it, it, maybe it loses its specialness over time, Never. you know? Okay, Never. good, because that is <laughs> so beautiful. Um, you mentioned Arcturian, which surprised mm-hmm. me because I saw your, um, your Mars channeling on mm-hmm. YouTube. But you, mm-hmm. you have a link to Arcturus? Yeah, which I just learned about um, over quarantine. Oh, you know, really? It wasn't something, they weren't on my radar. I, you know, I kind of heard the, the word Arcturian here and there, but, you know, I'm not, um, believe it or not, like I'm not, I'm not into external knowledge. I don't read books. I don't like filling my head with, with information. I love my clarity. I love the clarity of my channel and I love learning directly from source. That's, that's just my way of, of being and learning. So I, I wasn't, I never really dug deep into knowing who or what Arcturians what were, mm-hmm. but I just had a moment one day where I was sitting at a bonfire and looking at the stars and my eyes just fixated on one star for whatever reason. And I just heard this voice say, that's your home. And I was like, I'm like, what do you mean, my home? What are you talking about? And it's like, take out your, your phone, open the Star Guide app, and point it at that star. I'm like, ah, oh, but I got to re-download the app. I don't even have it anymore. <laughs> I, just, I was like, just do it. I'm like, all right, fine. I re-download it, take a minute or two, point it at the star, and sure enough, it's Arcturus. And then I, I got, you know, I discovered that the beings talking to me were the Arcturians, and so they were. They started to lead me through an experience where more memories came back, and they just they showed me. One of the things that they showed me was how we've all placed this kind of holographic filter on our brain purposely when we came in, so that through that holographic filter we perceive Earth. But it is a an illusion, in the sense that we're not actually on earth we're actually i mean we are but we we are just as much in the spirit world as we are in the physical world and so it was shown to me how this illusion was created through this filter and how part of the point was to be in both places at the same time to be aware of your earth existence but to also be aware of beyond that and how this all came to be so that you can get very creative and playful with it and do all kinds of things that's awesome Wow. You're just, just, I I just love this. Okay. So, (laughs) okay. So you, you have loads of videos on YouTube and live streams that you post on YouTube and so on and Instagram. And you always infuse fun and modern and modernity. That's so hard to say. (laughs) <laughs> ways to be modern. No, that's not even what I'm trying to say. But but um, anyway, your offerings are just very fun and modern. And so we talked about this briefly um, already, but it you do infuse, like you, you have this freshness. And I think that often when people are dealing with their spiritual life, especially if they have like a religious background, it can be so solemn. You know, it can be like, oh, my spiritual life, this is when I'm I'm really serious, you know, and, and it's sacred and it's solemn. And, um, and so I love the playfulness and the, um, 
the joy that you mm. you're wanting to excavate, you know, and and link because kind of like you're saying about the hologram and Michael, how. Oh shoot! Sorry, I have that on. Um, do not disturb. But <laughs> apparently, technology is just wild right now. You know what we're going through as we record this on December fifteenth. We're in the mix of. Um, Lots of magic. Yes, there is so much going on. So. Um, and and what's funny is the person that just called is uh, Mystic, who's often on the podcast. And I was like, man, I should have had Michael be here too, because he's also Arcturian, and he would just love you so much. But anyway, <laughs> um, so the the fun aspect of it. In fact, I was um, enjoying a video that you had on Facebook recently, where you were channeling, because often in your videos you will start to receive. And you'll you'll begin channeling, and your phone starts ringing. So literally, this is in my notes, and this is what just happened. So I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> oh, the synchronicity! I know a video. It, it, the one where I was channeling, and then my phone rang. Yes. And I and I had to. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, was, but it. That I just loved it because you posted that clip intentionally, and it because it was funny, but also it's like your spiritual life is now like it is what is happening. It's not a place you go. It's not like a, let me drop everything so that I can get spiritual. And, and I think that we all have certain access points to that. Like as a, as a meditator, for example, you know, my journey, my, my, you know, when it, when I've really come into my spiritual life, began really with meditation. That was my tool. So it was like I would have to really go sit down and get in that place. And then that was like my spiritual time. And then, right. you know, when I was not doing that, that was my regular <laughs> life. That was my, my earth life. Um, but it really is important that we do exactly what you were talking about that the Arcturians advised, where it's like we're here to blend and to... Yes to appreciate the earthly life, but we're really meant to have an infusion. So, so, um, but this, it seems intentional with you. Like this is part of the mix of what you're trying to extract and, and unearth for your clients. Absolutely. You know, cause like from my perspective to be spiritual simply means to recognize that you are spirit. That's it to recognize, to recognize that you are spirit. Ooh, and recognize. I see what you just did. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you see the hypnotist in you? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even talked about that. Yes. <laughs> so it's to recognize that you are spirit and what that means for you. That's the exploration. What does that mean for you that you are spirit? That, to me, is all being spiritual really is. You know, it, it, it's not about being vegan or doing yoga or meditating. Those can be expressions of it, but it's just the recognition that you are spirit and what that means for you. And, you know, and just your spiritual practices can be anything that brings you joy that lights you up. You know, one of one of my best spiritual practices is playing video games. Really? I love, love playing video games. I have a game called Smash Bros. I play on Nintendo with my brother and my friends lights me up, brings so much joy in my body. And filling myself with that joy serves me, right? Because that's the nourishment of our soul. It's the nourishment of our gifts, of our clarity, of our creativity. 
I watch episodes of Fresh Prince and Bel-Air and, and Friends. That's mm-hmm. also part of my spiritual practice, you know, and I meditate from time to time and maybe I'll do a little, some stretches. I'm not big into yoga, mm-hmm. right? So uh-huh. it's, so this is how I perceive spirituality. And when we let it be more fun and more free, I feel like that's when we start to get the point, you know, mm-hmm. like something that I'll often reflect to people and like my students and clients is, I'll notice people who get into this kind of trap where they have this idea, this conceptual idea of spirituality that is limiting their freedom. You know, so they they might be like, it might be something like, um, oh, but I'm a healer and I have to heal the planet. And I, you know, but I really just want to go have fun and go paint and do this, that, and the other. But like, but I'm spiritual and I have to, do this big mission thing, right? This is where I'll reflect to people. I'll, I'll ask them, I'm like, let me ask you, what would you do if spirituality didn't exist? Mm-hmm. And in that question is a liberation moment because when they go, oh, well, then I would travel and I would paint and I would do this and I would do that. I'm like, that's spirituality because spirituality is freedom. It is not limitation. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'll use questions like that just to provoke certain things. But for me, it's 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 all about the fun and the freedom, because that's what spirit is. Right. Spirit is creativity, playfulness, inspiration. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, in your videos, as I mentioned, too, you also do quite a bit of channeling, which, you know, is quite spiritual because (laughs) you're right there. You're you're a vehicle. Um, and do you believe that everybody has the ability to connect with spirits and galactics? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's not only the, does everyone have the ability, it is your birthright, right? It is, your, it is your divine inheritance. It is your birthright to have a solid and strong connection to source energy, hmm. to have that channel open, to have access to the wisdom, to intelligence. Now, how you express that could be in different ways. You know, not everyone is going to be channeling spirit guides and giving messages. You know, the way your gifts express themselves are um, defined by your passions and interests. I love clarity. I love guidance. I love empowerment. That's just who I am. I love perspective. So while everyone is a psychic, everyone is a channeler, some people are specialists. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would say I'm a specialist in that area. And that's just my design. But absolutely everyone has access to source. You know, even if you're not consciously spiritual whatsoever, you could be a, a cook, let's mm-hmm. say. And you're able to just look in a cupboard, look in the kitchen and just download what needs to be cooked and what flavors go with what. And it's and there's not a thought. It's just like that. Right. It's channeling. So we, we know that the, the channeling state is 100% real, whether some people call it being in the zone or being mm. in flow, whether you're a basketball player who could just, you could see how people are going to move and you're in the zone, you're in this channeling state, right? You're, you're a singer and you're channeling this music through you effortlessly. Every single person, this is why I say it's your birthright. The channeling state is real. We even know that it's indicative of the gamma frequency in the brain. When the brain goes into the gamma frequency, that's the channeling state. So even science could understand the, the, the I guess, the science of it. Mm-hmm. 
So, so yes, to, to, to answer your question, absolutely everyone has access to this in different ways as defined and guided by their passions and interests. Oh, that's wonderful. So do you have advice? I imagine this is something that you work with people, work, work with people on quite a bit as far as like how to kind of um, enhance their etheric connections. Of course, yeah. So I have um, I have a training that I created specifically for this. It's mm-hmm. called Opening to Channel, mm. and it's a it's a seven day self study program where it's it's pre recorded videos that are that were it was from a live experience with a group that I just also made available for replay with the intention that it would be viewed through replay as well, so mm-hmm. people aren't missing anything, and. You could take three hours a day for seven days, and I'll, I will lead you through the activations, through the exercises, through the fun, through the tools, through the practices, and give you the support because I offer a support community for whatever questions come up because I'm not leaving you on your own mm-hmm. so that you can remember what your soul already knows. So you could learn how to play the piano of your spiritual gifts, as I call it. All the little subtleties, very, very, very practical. I'm all about practicality. There's no fluff in anything I do. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, the beauty of it is, you know, I like to place emphasis on spiritual gifts because it's magical. But really what's happening is I'm getting you to embody more of your shine. I'm getting you to embody more of your mask. I'm getting you to embody more of your inner magic and your source connection. And as a side effect, that lights up your gifts and gives you more stuff to play with. Mm. So it's... It's um, so yes, I, I have a seven day training for that available on my website. And for people who just kind of want to dabble, that's what my YouTube channel is for. You know, my YouTube channel, my Instagram, I have so much content that teaches you how to awaken your gifts, how to communicate with your spirit guides, how to communicate with angels. So there's all kinds of stuff out there, whether yeah. they want, whether you're a dabbler or a devoted person. <laughs> right, right. And you you have other offerings as well. So you've got the the channeling and I think I saw some other there are other um, online courses as well. Do you want to speak to those a little bit? Yeah, sure. I, so I, I also offer hypnosis training. Um, I personally believe it's the best hypnosis training in the world. <laughs> yeah. What's your background with hip with um, hypnotism? So in 2008 through synchronicity, I found myself at an event in Vegas uh, held by one of David Blaine's teachers. And there were two master hypnotists there. They were the world's fastest hypnotists, able to hypnotize anyone in less than a second. Oh, my gosh. That's kind of scary. <laughs> right. So th- this was my introduction. I didn't know oh, it was wow. supposed to take 15, 20 minutes. I was introduced that it happens in less than a second. Oh and and there's a reason why synchronicity led me to this, you know, to this learning. So it was a father and a son, and the son was 12 years old. And so I got hypnotized by a 12-year-old boy. Oh. And that changed my life because I didn't think I could get hypnotized. My ego was flaring up, you know, as a 12-year-old kid looking like a little Bruce Lee in front of me. And he just hypnotized the shit out of me. And it just... And so did you, you realize that you were hypnotized? Yes. Like, were yeah, you, you, was he you don't like... don't go unconscious. Okay. Even but, though the hip... Sorry, so what, what was that like? Like, how did you, what was he... So essentially, he just came up to me and he was like, well, you listened to all my instructions. I was sitting in a chair. 
Mm -hmm. in front of a room full of magicians, like 30 magicians in the seminar room. Little kid, just like, will you listen to all my instructions? I was like, sure, kid. Mm -hmm. Asks me to take his hand. I take his hand, signals me to take a deep breath in. I do. Pulls my arm, says sleep, and I go out. What? And that was it. You know, and it... And what was beautiful about it is even though they use the word sleep, you're not actually falling asleep. It's just we use the word sleep because it signals your brain to do the same thing you do when you go to sleep, which is surrender, which is let go. Okay. And so you're actually going into a heightened state of awareness. So you're still aware of absolutely everything you're normally aware of, but now you're just even more aware of the subtle realm and the subtle frequencies in your inner world and you have access to more of your consciousness, and you're more receptive to suggestion and imagination because you're in that creative learning state. And so they took away my fear of spiders. I was arachnophobic at the time. Took away my fear of spiders within like 30 seconds and, and then woke me up and taught me their technique on how to hypnotize. And for whatever reason, it came so easily to me. Every single person who I went up to in the room got hypnotized instantly and I couldn't understand for the life of me why is this working like I understand the technique it's kind of like yeah I know how to dial a number and press send but why is it when I do that that it actually calls a person Mm. that's kind of how it felt like to me I'm like why is it that I could pull your arm and say sleep and all of a sudden I could click my fingers and tell you I'm Justin Bieber and you're going to believe it right yeah so that curiosity turned into an obsession with hypnosis and, 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 and understanding the why of hypnosis. And so that's when I became a street hypnotist. And I just, you know, because I read the books and things like that. But at, at a certain point, you got to put things into action. Mm-hmm. So I just went into the street. I went to the malls and I would just go and hypnotize people. And I failed tons of times and I succeeded a bunch of times. But after doing it so many times, you start to gain an intuitive understanding of hypnosis. And then from there... I, I finally discovered this intuitive understanding that none of my teachers were able to teach me. Every time I would ask them the why of hypnosis, they would just give me more of the theory and this mechanics and stuff. I wanted the simple understanding that a kid could understand. And so that's what I discovered through my own practice and my own playground in the world. Mm-hmm. And then eventually that turned into people asking me if I could help them stop smoking which evolved into me doing that and then emotional healing and past life regressions and sexual um, enhancement, like um, getting more in tune with your sexual energies, uh, perform literally any flavor of hypnosis you could think of. I went really, really deep into. And then eventually I created um, the online training that I have on my website called Master Hypnosis, which was essentially it was it was the inspiration was twofold it was one i wanted to provide for people what i wish i had when i wanted to get into hypnosis i wanted to give everything not only to learn hypnosis but to be able to make money with hypnosis and to have the support system from a community so that was one inspiration and two was i wanted to create something that would teach my mentors something that they didn't know that they would appreciate because they didn't know the intuitive understanding uh-huh. so so that's what this was. It was a gift to my mentors to help revolutionize the feel of hypnosis. I feel like I found out. And also to just provide people with what I wish I had. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. <laughs> so you have those two courses, which are, they're just available all the time on demand. Correct. Okay. And then you have, do you have another course as well? I think. It, yeah. So, 
Well, there's, there's, there's several courses, but okay. there's master hypnosis and there's the hypno dojo, which okay. are the exact same thing. You get the exact same content. The only difference is one, you're paying a one-time fee and the other one you're paying $50 a month for, uh, for monthly membership. Cause I just wanted to make it more accessible for people. Okay. Okay. So it's the exact same thing. Okay, cool. And then you do private sessions as well. I do private sessions, yeah, for who for people who are looking for more expansion in their life, who are ready to go to that next level, who are looking for more clarity, or wanting to access more of their gifts, or looking for help with healing, mm-hmm. anything along this their own soul's evolution, essentially their spiritual evolution. That's my highest excitement and passion, you know. Mm-hmm. So when people come into the space with me, they express wherever they're at. You know, sometimes they have a very specific problem. Other times they just felt called to be there because I showed up in their dreams or something mm, like that. As a twin? Like, oh. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, you know. Yeah. You know, so sometimes they're just like, I feel like you have a message for me. Mm. And then we dance. Mm. And then we dance with it. And then magic comes through. And, and then we change lives. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's amazing. And you have a retreat coming up in Bali next year, I think I saw. Is that I right? I do. I do. Yeah. Thank you for asking. I'm really excited about this. So in Bali... It's um, this coming March, March 29th. It's a seven-day retreat called White Magic. Mm-hmm. And what White Magic is, is it's a rite of passage experience that Thoth taught me, that was offered to me by Thoth, um, where the purpose of it is to help you reclaim your, your gifts from all your lifetimes, to reclaim your gifts from your past lifetimes where they may have been stronger, and to bring them into the now, bring them into your consciousness. And we're going to do that right from the first days, the first day or two, so that once you've reclaimed them, it'll be very simple. Then I'm going to show you how to use them. So we're going to practice with them. So it's not just theory and knowledge. We're getting hands-on practice. And, um, and essentially what white magic actually is, it's, it's the magic of source. So when you can experience a joyful strong and harmonious connection with source and allow source to move through you that creates expressions expressions of magic and expressions of your spiritual gift so learning how to play in that realm is very very fun and Mm. very powerful and impactful for the people around you and for your life you know so that's what white magic is it's embodying that source energy playing with your spiritual gifts and just having a dope time with myself and other light leaders yeah oh wow Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for all the gifts that you're bringing to this world, this planet at this time and, and the, uh, the embodiment that you are of all of this magic and this spirit and the fun and uh, really just helping people to connect with that greater part of themselves. You are you really are a light. So thank you so much. And thank you for being here. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This has really been a a joyous conversation like I really enjoyed every moment I really enjoyed your questions and I appreciate you asking about my offerings um, if people do want to check it out the website is livingmagic.life so www.livingmagic.life and um, and yeah just thank you so much and thank you to the listeners for tuning in I appreciate everyone oh, wonderful thank you so much <laughs> and thank you for listening I highly recommend you you check David out. He is he's just incredible and I 
I've left a lot of the synchronicities in, even the phone ringing, um, because I was just cracking up at this episode how much synchronicity uh, there is with him. So there's really something special about him, and uh, I, I highly recommend you check him out. And feel free to share this episode and help spread his light and support this work. So uh, thank you again for listening, and I look forward to the next meditation conversation.